WandaVision, 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 Hello and welcome to the Chingwad podcast. Uh, today we've got the eagerly anticipated, slightly overdue episode of the WandaVision breakdown, I guess. And I mean, it's my pleasure to to introduce, well, firstly to reintroduce Leah, who appeared Hi. a little Ooh. while ago. Yeah, she's coming back. And also, <laughs> uh, introduce a new guy who also has an awesome name. This is Sam, <laughs> Polo's friend. Um, I now uh, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Brilliant, brilliant. And we've got our usual Rogan. Oh no, not me again. <laughs> and Solo Sharif. All right, still here. <laughs> mm. Now we know when the vision finished a little while ago, but I mean we've it's been difficult trying to organize all of us coming together and we all really badly wanted to talk about this because i mean mm. what an incredible show so like today we're going to be doing we're basically just going to be discussing our favorite parts of the episode so just a pre-warning for anyone listening we want we're not going to be breaking down each episode we're going to be running along the pretense that you've already seen it so spoilers will be everywhere yeah. so do not watch this if you're either midway through it if you're thinking about watching it or yeah, if you just don't like spoilers, really. Uh, if you have seen it, well done. There we go. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get in, and I believe it is solo taking us off with the very first and for every a lot of people quite confusing episode. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, to be honest, I think it's it's probably my fa- you know you know i actually i the one the one i'm going to talk about later is probably my favorite of the episodes but this is definitely a second favorite and it's just because of how like uh, i don't know just like you get introduced to this world and it's so it's just so wonderfully uncanny like we're in a sitcom and like i i mean you're there with vision and this and well she doesn't. She still hasn't been called the Scarlet Witch, which we'll get to in this, I'm sure. But it's just like it. It, it was just such a bizarro thing to get into, and it's been like one of the things that's quite cool about it as well is like, uh, like how they did the like. I mean, I just watched the um, what is it called? Like the, I think they call it assembled, like the version of the gallery series they're doing for the Marvel shows. And it's like how they actually did the effects for the show were based on how they did effects in the period, which if you're a nerd like me, like that shit's awesome. Because it's like, it's the, the practical way of doing it is all very in tune with the actual presentation that you're getting. Um, but yeah, no, the, yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tick off the highlights because like it was... It was already uncanny to start with, but for me, it was when you got to the advert in the middle was when I was, that was when my fucking like brain imploded because like literally all it took was for there to be one red light on the toaster. And I was like, what the fuck is going on now? (laughs) Like I fucking like, that blew my mind how there was just like one, there was like one point of color. And like, I was ecstatic from there because I was like, oh, there's, there's some crazy shit going on here, man. Uh, that's and, the stark toaster right yeah yeah the for stark the, to- yeah yeah for the uh for, i think it's how is it billed as it's like for the the housewife who 
who's oh yeah they're so simple even your husband can use it <laughs> how they pitched the toaster uh but yeah no so that yeah that was like the first highlight for me but then um you know they have the whole dinner they have the dinner party but it's like when they get to the the actual bit where um uh mr hart you know is like what the character's called when he starts choking on the food and it just all of a sudden like the whole scene just changes from being like oh you know ditzy ditzy dick van dyke shit to then like all of a sudden this guy's choking to death at the table and you've got his wife opposite him who's like screaming like stop it stop it and like at first you're kind of like oh isn't this funny and then like as it's kind of dragging out and it just gets like this isn't funny anymore like this is terrifying and it's, and it's, it's horrific yeah. yeah like especially in how uh how they shoot it which was like uh one of the things that Sam and I would like, I mean, after every fucking episode, Sam and I were texting for like at least yeah. an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, it was so crazy how like they did the angles so that it was like she was talking to, even though the line is sort of written as though it's within sitcom world, she's talking to the husband because of how they shoot it. She's very clearly speaking to Wanda. Yeah. which as how this how the series kind of unfolds we really get into the stuff where it's like you know it was wonder all along or was it you know <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> yeah uh, we'll cross that bridge in a few in a few episodes um yeah and it's just like it was just so like uh, just like when it hit that really dark tone for me i was like i, I was already like this show is going to be something fucking incredible yeah, because like when it, it it's such a like charming first twenty minutes or something, you're like, oh, this is cute. It's like in front of a studio audience, and you're like, this yeah. is cool. And then just like it's like you like the bottom drops out of it, and you just saw the tone changes completely, and you're just like, it's like a horror film for about thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> legit, legit. I, also, I rated how they did like. How it was just like you've you were kind of solving it as you went along, you know, like they see mm. the heart and the thing and they're like, Oh, it must be our anniversary. And then yeah. it's like, No, it's Mr. Hart, his boss, he's coming around for dinner and his boss hates people who don't put on a good dinner. So it just felt like really fifties, didn't it? Like <laughs> Yeah, fully. And it's like mm. and I love as well how uh, the heart comes back, like it you know, it sort of all mm. comes full circle with episode eight. Yeah. Mm. And it almost like I don't know how to say it, but it's like it almost bookends it perfectly as though the scene we see in episode eight is literally like maybe a couple hours before episode one. Like, or at least that's how I kind of read it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like how they play on the fact that they can't remember what the heart is about, and that's because there's like mm. no history. <laughs> like this exactly. is literally yeah. our one yeah. of, of this creation. Yeah. It yeah. really highlights on the fact that Fishing didn't really know anything before that episode. Like, there wasn't yeah. really much of anything before that episode, and it's just like Fishing slowly realising each episode what's happening around him, and mm. that's the catalyst to it all. Like, the fact he didn't know this heart, you know something's wrong, yeah. because someone like that wouldn't forget something as simple as that. Mm. I wonder as well. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, like this. Yeah, and like I love how they they kind of 
like is that's that's why another thing I like about this episode is that it gives you like the mysteries right off the bat, but no clues or context because it literally ends when they're like where Vision's like, oh yeah, you know that is a bit weird. Like, are we married? Like, how mm. long have we lived here? And like, it's still kind of in that tone of like, oh, isn't this funny? Like, we can't remember if we're married or not. When yeah. did we move into this house? But it's like, <laughs> you as the viewer are like, yeah, what the fuck is going on with that shit? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a dream, how you never start at the beginning of a dream, just like in the middle. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Yeah. You get to meet but, some cracking characters as well. Good old Norm. Yeah. Good old, Ag- good old Agnes, the helpful neighbor. Yeah. Norm yeah. the communist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. going from that one, I mean, we go into another another black and white episode, don't we? Um, yeah. So, and Rogan, you're going to be, what did you think? Yeah, um, I really like. Uh, well, I, I liked every episode, so um, I, I wouldn't mind covering any. Uh, this one was um, inspired by uh, Bewitched. Um, mm. The first scene is quite interesting. Uh, they're in separate beds, which, due to broadcasting standards of the seventies, if you weren't married, you couldn't share a bed. But then Wanda like magics them together, which I feel there's quite there's quite a few times in this show where. The sitcom style shows like the times and like the, the sexism and stuff, and it's kind of like remarked on in subtle ways. Mm. Um, and that's just one of those ways where it, it kind of is. Uh, we then go from the bedroom scene to the rehearsal of this uh, magic show, this variety show that's going to happen for the children, uh, which is yeah. interesting. Um, so it, they take the names Illusion and Glamour, which, um, as Solo Polly knows, came, came from the WandaVision comic books and they were neighbours in the street, which probably means that those characters aren't going to be seen in the MCU as the names have been used. We then, at the end of that scene, reality breaks with the sword drone in a similar, similar way to the red light on the toaster. Mm-hmm. We now get a dash of colour. Again, mostly red, kind of like Iron Man colours with the kind oh, of red and gold thing going on. Um, or maybe it's vision colours. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Agnes then breaks that tension. So you you sort of get a moment where Wanda's like sort of snapping out of it almost. And then Wanda comes and breaks the tension, bringing senior, Senor Scratchy, <laughs> um, the, the rabbit that then later appears. And loads of sort of fanboy theories came out of this rabbit. Um, yeah, I guess came not to be true, or at least at this moment aren't true. Mm. Uh, Agnes then takes them to takes Wanda to a committee meeting, um, which is one of the things I wanted to cover this episode for because on the way there, Agnes mentions that Dottie is the key to everything in this town. So I kind of thought there might have been something more to that. As the scene plays out, we find that Dottie is, is literally just just part of the neighborhood. Um, yeah, so again, it's mentioned so many times, almost in a cultist way, that it's for the children, um, which should be noted on, as there are no children, for one. So that's kind of brings in that almost creepy kind of like the way you were saying how the first episode goes creepy. It reminds me of how like Wizard of Oz goes creepy um, in this very like uncanny way. And I feel like we, we get that again here, um, especially with the way they all repeat for the children, even though there are no children. 
Uh, we then cut to the neighborhood watch, which is when Herb gives Vision chewing gum, which makes him drunk. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, yeah. later on, we find out that Herb's being controlled by Agnes. So that kind of ties in. Um, at the end of, and then, yeah, and then we cut back to the end of the committee meeting by the pool with, with Dottie and, and Wanda. It's just them two left now, where Jimmy Woo, Jimmy Woo breaks reality through the, the radio. Mm. And at first, like, we don't know what we're in as a viewer, as a watching episode two. So for me, I thought, I, I was of the opinion this was all manifested in the mind. We were in some kind of dream state up until that fourth wall's breaking, broken. Um, so, yeah, when Jimmy Woo starts to first come through the radio, um, to me, was sort of almost confirming that because it was like someone was trying to wake, wake Wonder up. Um, yeah. And then it's interesting that the strings seem to be cut on Dottie for a moment, um, and then the glass breaks, and then she's straight back into character. Um, we then go to an ad scene of the Strucker watch, uh, which Baron Wolfgang von Strucker uh, was one of the Donnies who experimented on Wanda with the Vision mm. Stone. We then go to the show where Vision shows up drunk, uh, which, which is actually like legitimately funny. Uh, there's a few times where Vision shows off his powers. Um, firstly, he flies, and then Wanda creates uh, like a harness and pull rope sort of device. Um, Wanda picks up a piano, and it turns out, and one. Sorry, Vision picks up a piano, Wanda turns it into a cardboard cutout. Uh, but he botches the card trick, uh, which uh, has the great line uh, when Herb's like, it, that is my card. It's like, well, pardon me, Herb, have it back, which, which I thought was quite funny. And he then phases the hat through himself and Wanda reveals mirrors. Um, the grand finale, finale, the Cabinet of Mysteries, is the actual magic trick where they, um, they magic Geraldine into the box. Um, and nobody's bothered, you know, because sort of the, all the actual magic tricks have been, were like given ridiculous and booky explanations as to how it happened. When the actual magic happens, they, they all just accept it as nothing, which, which I find quite funny. And there's also, they start chatting what's in the box which is a bit of a nudge to her being pregnant at the time. Uh, yeah, so and uh, towards the end of it, we get the pregnancy reveal, and she asks Vision, is this really happening? Mm. And Vision replies, yes, my love, it's really happening. And they both move, like, real. So I think when we get to the very end, as we will do, when I should have talking, um, and we hear the kids' voices in the very, very last scene of this entire show, um, it harkens back to, at the beginning of the pregnancy, it is really happening. So I, I mm. do think that these kids will manifest uh, in the MCU. We yeah. then get the, the beekeeper comes right at the end. And then Wanda, like, rewinds time, which is never really touched on. Um, and she does it in the next episode and she cuts out time, like, from the show. But this, she rewinds it and then replays. So that's, like some crazy like magic going on there and um yeah. yeah and that's pretty much the show apart from vision then gets his color um and we're introduced to the 70s yeah. what do you guys yeah. think to the second episode 
Yeah, no, I I thought it was banging. Like, because like t- one of the points, like for ages, I thought like the helicopter was gonna be. I thought it was going to be that there was someone specifically on a helicopter that would be of some significance. Okay. Yeah, like, which particularly in the fourth episode was when I was like, yeah, who, you know, what's going on with the fucking helicopter? Mm. But yeah, no, it did bang that one. Yeah. Like, the beekeeper freaked gonna... me out. Mm. Sorry. Beekeeper, the beekeeper freaked me out. And was it, we got the first and second episode together, didn't we? They dropped on the yeah. same day, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that was the thing. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't, I just didn't know what to expect. And like, I, I thought they would be somewhat linked, but there isn't. You know, I mean, the I don't think all like the first and the second one explain each other in any kind of way. Obviously, it doesn't really start to come into terms until the fourth. But like, I just felt like because they were a duo, they would have, they'd have like more. I don't know. Oh yeah, they like Whereas, better. Yeah, yeah, like the first episode I feel like was just a standalone. Like other than the this like dinner table scene, like I didn't feel anything. But obviously when the radio in the second episode, I was like, right, there's it's giving you a bit more of a nod to a, a different world kind of thing. Yeah. Like I I feel like and as well, I remember seeing a lot of the a lot of the comments and stuff circulating the internet. I feel the first and second episode put a lot of people off because yeah. of the yeah. because of the just the the confusion with it, I guess. I guess when every Marvel film's been so easily explained, you know, they wrap themselves quite nicely with a little post-credit scene to the next mm. thing or whatnot. I also, as well, actually, I think I was getting so confused as to why a twenty-seven-minute show was having seven minutes worth of credits with no post-credit scene, and I was yeah. like, "This is this is not Marvel. <laughs> this is so confusing," you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. The it, only it was, way that I saw. Um, that it linked into the other future programs is like literally like one of the last frames before you get to the credit scene is usually some form of TV which was always like or something similar to that so that linked it to like what happens at the end of like episode three mm. beginning to episode four so it was like yeah. there's always then hints whether yeah. it be a camera angle or something just showing like oh there's actually something going on here yeah i know i know the director said in an interview a couple of days ago that they wanted to release the first three together um but they just not finished it (laughs) it just wasn't finished in time they wanted to drop the first three because i think episode three near the end sort of reveals a little bit more of what's going on and Mm. i think he said that they wanted to release it but they just they're not done post-production in time. Is that on Fat Man Beyond? I'm not sure. Right. Okay. Uh, the only because I'm is does ep, am I right that episode two is the one that ends where it zooms out of the TV and we see that it's the sword agent watching it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's not number two, it's definitely one because at yeah. the end of episode three, it's Monica yeah. going through. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's the first time when we're like, because I think, because I quite liked how, um, I like, I, I loved how it was just like, it just made no sense from yeah. one and two. And you were just like, this is, it's such a departure from what you know. Yeah. And then that ending of episode, like the ending of episode two, where you do, where we have the kind of zoom out and it is like, it's literally the peak behind the curtain. 
and you're just like okay so there's some so there's there's some shit going on that's outside of this world that we've been watching for the last hour yeah and i think that's where the first two uh sort of match up apart from being in black and white is that they don't break you out of this world whereas as we get into the third one we find that geraldine brings in ultron you know which kind of breaks you out of this contained world that we have uh, in the first two episodes yeah we get and on to that leah do you want to take episode yeah. three <laughs> yeah uh, so episode three, we finally find out that uh, Wanda is going to have twins, <laughs> and mm. I mean, I, as a woman myself, like it kind of it, this episode kind of freaked me out. Like you know, with the the whole like how everything moves. I'm like, if I had powers whilst giving birth, then God help my house, I would not want to be anywhere near anyone. Yeah. I'm surprised she kept so it so was, calm. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Out of Just all like the powers, the they couldn't have had the phasing powers. Yeah. yeah I mean, well. uh, my favourite of those is when a... Uh, you know when like the it's just the pipe bursts. The pipes, like, yeah, and the water just broke. And it's just like the um, just the way that Geraldine's just going like that. <laughs> like with her through the pregnancy and she's just and Geraldine's just like what am I even doing here like (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) I just wanted to come over and get a bucket for my water but you know here I am helping you give birth (laughs) um but yeah I I absolutely love like how she made the um not this one crane alive and she like made the picture come alive and then walking around the Mm. house just like I was just like, oh. uh, that that was like the proper signals to like, oh, well, this baby's definitely coming if this crane's alive, you know, like all the, yeah. the little bits that just mended together. I was just like, a lot of um, metaphors coming alive and it was just like, I, I just love like how from before I, I was really struggling to get into like this sitcom side of it because I'm not used to watching many myself. So obviously mm. watching this, it really did make me laugh. And it kind of made me forget that I'm what I was watching a sitcom-y style on like when it finally brought in like more of the colour, I think for me, I I was like, I'm I'm so like too used to the new style of film that it was it was refreshing to see the color and ha- all these things going off even if they are using the old style techniques which are great mm. i did love that in the first and second one but it was just like it was refreshing to be able to just connect a bit on a different level with like the character wonder going through something that nearly every woman does right. in the life and I mean, it'll be a few years for me, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. It. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just <laughs> on. So um, another but, great thing is when, like Geraldine and the babies, the twins are born, and Geraldine's with the cotton. It's the first time that um, the outside world is spoken about in their world, and mm. I think, like the um, use of it. Uh, Pietro it was a great hint to like say oh like I thought well that must be the only time they're going to mention him because he's dead but 
then I saw all the spoilers because I watched it bulk. So I was like, well, I was wrong about that. <laughs> but um, I I did really like the idea of bringing him in a few mm. episodes early so people could get used to the idea that you find out why in the end that he was brought in. And I think it was a really interesting take on it. Um, and you, I think um... Ger- Geraldine did a great setup for that. Did you have any like theories at this point, Leo? Like, I feel like between three and four, I feel like four opened everything up and, and like it was like, right, oh, okay, this is cool happening. But I feel like three gave you enough information to be start to have an idea, you know. I'm, I'm, oh, but you both watched it, didn't you? I, mean, I both watched it, so it was harder for me to come up with theories because I'd already seen like the spoiler about the twins mm. and I'd seen the spoiler about Pietro, but I didn't know that much else. Yeah. So I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I was texting my boyfriend, like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and he was like, don't worry, it'll get us mentioned like at the end of this episode. And I was like, okay, okay. So something happens that breaks the wall between this, um, this sitcom world that Wanda made and the actual MCU world that we know as. And it was really interesting for Wanda to actually be the person who literally throws Geraldine out into the mm. world so she transitions back into Monica. And it's just like, it was so powerful because you were just like, oh, so she actually is using her magic for other things and not just like... I mean, to me, I was like, oh, so she's actually here to change things up. Like, she doesn't want this normal life if she's throwing the people she doesn't like out. She doesn't like uh, Monica's character, Geraldine, so she got rid of her. Yeah, I feel the third episode ended it as Wanda's the villain. Yeah, and obviously that's what we find out later is there's plenty of villains in that TV show. And we and we don't know that until episode four, because in episode three we just know the sitcom world. We don't know anything of the why, the when, or anything like that. It's just this exists. We're watching it, and Monica seen so uh, Monica did something as Geraldine that she didn't like, so she got rid of her. I mean, you're taking us with episode four as well, so feel free. Yeah. To- Wow, straight into, straight yeah, into I mean, episode, episode three directly just jumps straight into episode four with the whole Rambo getting chucked out. And episode four, I think I was literally gobsmacked of how it started. I was literally yeah. just like, holy... Yeah. That was shit. wicked. Because I was just like, oh, so obviously it sets this time of when it happens because the first thing we see in episode four is... Monica coming uh, coming back from the blip, and yeah. I was just like, even the effects for that, I was just like, yeah. I just sat there and I'm like, ah, oh. and I was watching it with my dad, and he weren't paying attention for a few seconds, so he was like, what's just happened? I'm like, Monica's <laughs> just come from the blip. I'm like, well, obviously I was saying Geraldine at that point, but I'm just so used to calling her Monica now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I was just like. What is going on? And then obviously it just like you just see everyone running around. It's so chaotic, and mm. everyone's completely like 
unaware of it. But then Monica, being the Rambo she is, uh, she just completely... First blood. <laughs> I said the wrong name, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, you had it right. Oh, no, you, uh, no, you had it right, oh. but he's referencing... Yeah, yeah, no. Rambo. I just got so confused then. Yeah, but um, but her being the Rambo she is, she just went straight into work, even after finding out like her mum's passed away and everything. She was just like, right, well, I've been away for however many years. I'm going back to work to find out what's happened with my work that I was doing on the day before. Mm-hmm. And she remembers. So, yeah. um, and even that little just... moment. Uh, with the mom becomes vitally important in the series because you start Aye. to understand why Rambo understands Wanda's like grief. Yeah. So, like, when she comes out of the hex, she's like, Wanda's not the villain here. Like, he's going through shit. Mm. Trust me. Yeah. And obviously, I think Rambo has like a great way of just like pushing whatever she's dealing with aside to help other people because that's all she's wanted to do in life. That's why she uh, went to the astronaut like yeah try and be what she is she just wanted to help better the world and you can see that i mean good old captain marvel set her on away from that first day she met her and she was just like oh my god who is this person like just as a little kid and then here we are like into the future and it's just like oh, okay yeah it makes sense mm. like seeing that person to look up to and then seeing your mum like do what she did after uh, shortly after Captain Marvel came I think it really gave that family a push into the future that Wonder Vision was setting and um yeah uh it was nice to actually uh properly see Mr. Wu back in action as well and understand that (laughs) it was like oh look there he is um, and it just actually see what's happening from their side of things with all the setup of sword and it's a new institution that obviously has been hinted at, but it's the first time we actually properly witness it in full force. Like you've got your other mm. forces that are highlighted in other films and TV shows, but it's just nice to see another one that like loads of people have been obsessed with from like the comics and things and actually seeing yeah. it no i was i was one the of world. them <laughs> <laughs> just like oh look at all these gadgets what are they using yeah. and then a little bit towards the end did you see uh, dr darcy coming along and i'm like oh she's here as well like oh my <laughs> god like they're bringing all these people in it was like overload like that episode like I was literally just absorbing every single thing and it wasn't until like the second watch where like you can actually understand a bit more like you've seen the first like you've seen episode nine so you're like on your second watch you're just like okay so you're kind of delving into all the little nitty-gritty stuff (laughs) going off Mm, do you think Jimmy Woo is the next Agent Coulson Definitely. Definitely, I think so. There's been there's been like a big like love for him since the show. I enjoyed him in Ant Man and the Wasp just because Randall Park's like a great actor, but he didn't really have much to do. But like mm. as soon as he came in here, he's just like an enjoyable presence in the middle of all the chaos. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp made him a bit of a stooge in a way. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of the joke, so it's good to see him here as like part of the team. Yeah, yeah it's okay. good to see like him actually getting what he wants and actually 
resolve being on the like resolving side of the issue and mm. seeing him like get the bad guy <laughs> like it took it it took him a while but he's actually finally got somewhere where he's got his happy ending with everything I was just going to say we got to meet the who I think is the true show's villain or that uh, his name yeah. just slipped my mind Hayward Hayward the absolute douchebag <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I was just trying yeah, to remind no, you his name guy. as well yeah, yeah. No, he, he actually like because like speaking of like the people who were obsessed with the sword before the show like the whole time, like I was waiting for something horrible to happen to him because I, because in the comics, the head of sword is this girl called Abigail Brand, and she's right. such a fucking badass that I was just like, when the fuck are they gonna get rid of Hayward oh, so okay. Brand can fucking come in and sort this shit out? <laughs> like, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's I love how he's like, you give me information, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you just. You don't, you just know he's the guy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love Darcy's character as well. Like, oh, how yeah. she's just there, like, just, she's just like, can someone get me my coffee? I really want a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, coffee? Anyone? I just, I want to help and coffee. Um, but yeah, she, she really, like, she is has, she a has great. A sus, doesn't she? You know, yeah. yeah. She just takes a look around. She's like, right, they haven't got a clue. Okay. Yeah, that she was really like it, it. Like it really felt like it was one of those ones where it's like she's such the perfect allegory for like the female in the male workplace, where it's yeah. like they're not doing shit. Yeah. She shows up and it's just like, well, here's what's going on, and they're like, oh, what? Yeah. And then like it's, yeah. li- it's literally her that figures everything out, and she just gets shafted the whole time by yeah, F- like, di- all director Hayward's just like, yeah, I don't care yeah. that you're doing all this good stuff. Like, <laughs> no. I'm going to claim all the glory for it in yeah, the really. end. Like, this was my yeah. idea getting all these TVs in, and Darcy's yeah. just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> give me recognition, and then what does she get? Handcuffed to a fucking car. <laughs> but now I think her character like having the introductory to it um it was it was a nice light because she brought a bit of humor to it and helped Mm. uh, jimmy Wu's character to actually get what he wanted and i think if she wasn't there he'd have probably struggled with the director haywood a bit more and i think her rambo and jimmy all together just really were like a little force to be reckoned with. Like once they knew what they were doing, just don't touch him. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see Darcy back as well because obviously she was not in the third Thor film and Thor's going outside of Earth. So it's good that the storylines that you can pick these characters up with. Yeah, she finally finished her internship. <laughs> <laughs> She's badass now. She was, there was like, uh, it's Doctor. Um, yeah, 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 do- <laughs> yeah she's she went to university and got all her degrees and just decided that she was gonna like mess things up for like everyone around her that just thought she was just another ordinary girl like now i know thor so <laughs> get out of my way <laughs> even though she doesn't use that but like i can imagine her in her head she's like i know thor <laughs> don't mess with me i could just yeah. phone him up <laughs> I mean, when you've, like, dealt with gods, it's hard to be, like, told what to do by men, I guess. 
Like, yeah, I don't yeah, really, you know what I mean? You've got, like, a guy with a hammer that can just bring down everything on them guys. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, which, to be fair, I think 4 was the first one. I don't know about you guys, but I felt I was enjoying being confused in a way. And then 4 yeah. kind of just burst everything right open. And I was like, right, I get what's going on now. I mean, I didn't. I had no idea yet. But I thought at this point, like, well done. They've just ruined it. Like, I thought they <laughs> revealed everything way too early. It was one of them. Like, I felt like, okay, now there's explanations. I remember saying to you just before, I think this was between the third and fourth episode, that I thought what was going on was this was what Wanda was imagining during her blip. I thought this was all going on in her head while she'd been snapped, you know? And then... Obviously, when you see them all re- reappearing and whatnot, I was like, oh, okay, it isn't. What know, a way like, to and snap build this world. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. The snap, the blip back into everything, I think that was just like, it made it like, it didn't make sense, but it made sense at the same time. <laughs> so yeah. um, the start of episode four was just like, Okay, so this is what hap- is what happening. So get on, get ready for the ride because nothing's going to be the same now. I think like, the shift of villains as well, because from the previous episode, you've got, like you said, you had everyone had Wanda as the visit uh, as as the villain, and then you've got another villain who's trying to get into the Wanda's world. You know, like it's it was it just opened up so many layers to to the show. Um, yeah, which but to be fair takes us on nice to episode 5 solo which mm. if I'm like just thinking right now I can't actually remember what happened between in 5 and I'm thinking about it you have to draw my memory no I, I, I gladly will because it, <laughs> it was my favourite of them probably I, I mean like it's hard you know it's, it's hard for me to split between 1 and 5 but those two were like well, I guess, like, the, well, with Five specifically, the reason I thought it was so great is that it was, like, uh, you know, we ha- like, because they start with the twins as the babies, and this is, it's over this one is when they kind of age up. And there's yeah. just, like, it's when you really just hit a point where you're just, like, Wanda really starts to kind of flex on, like, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't outright be, like, oh, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, with the hindsight of episode like eight and nine it's the one where you really start to see that she's kind of coming into her own in like controlling this world and yeah it's like it's, so yeah so we start with them as babies and then they literally put them down they're quiet and then they turn around and the reason they're quiet is because they're now toddlers <laughs> and, yeah. Agnes sat on like the kitchen counter yeah, like yeah, with like so the fast. whiskey going, like oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Funnily enough, speaking of Agnes, though, it was actually this was the this was the episode when I first kind of came around to the uh, her being Agatha Harkness theory, and it was because mm-hmm. of they clearly like it was because of the costume she was wearing, um, or like outfit, you know, like her wardrobe department were definitely like this is the one where we're going to push this. Because, like, as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Because she was in, like, her... It was the first time her outfit had been completely, like, colour-coordinated to her comic villain outfit. 
and so it's like when she walked in like that, I was like, oh shit, wait, I think this like the dots yeah. are starting to connect a bit for me here. Um, yeah, so that was oh yeah, and as well, I like I, it's also kind of the point where we see how she factors into it more with like the in like the subtleties of it because it's like vision starts to become aware after but i guess after episode three because you know three and four are kind of concurrent it's like that's when he starts to come into his own we're starting to realize yeah like mm. shit's shit's wrong in this world like when it, yeah so it's, yeah it's like when wonder uses her powers in front of agnes for the first time he's just like what are you like what are you doing I, we agreed that we can't do this mm. and she's like oh you know agnes agnes doesn't mind she's a bit of an airhead and as well, like when he's in his kind of human form about the house and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I sort of had a feeling that, you know, a neighbor is going to inexplicably yeah. shoot a random. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like he was like, it's when it starts, it was when it starts to kind of get into the meta narrative of like, how, how does the kind of sitcom tropes affect someone in that world yeah. if they're aware that they're living in a sitcom? Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, like, and when they have the dog and he's looking at it, he's just like, yeah, you know, I wonder if someone's going to show up with just the thing we need. And she comes in yeah. with the dog house. It's like, I heard you had a, I thought I heard a dog barking in here. And it's just like, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, I think it is, it is really with vision in this episode that was like really kind of, uh, he sort of drove the narrative in this one for me. Because it's this is when it kind of reaches a point where he's starting to question, you know, what like it, much as the audience has been doing for four episodes, he's now sort of he's now vocalizing the questions that we've already like that we've all been asking, like, I guess, oh, and like especially the ending when it gets to um, where does he go in the day? Oh yes, because he does. He has it's when he goes to the office. And, you know, they're talking about the emails yeah. and he finds the one from Darcy. Yeah. And that scene is like, that's another one of those ones where it's like, it's great with the hindsight from having finished the show. Because how I now look at that is when everyone in the office is reading it all at the same time, all like kind of Borg-like, is to like how I look at that now is that it's like Wanda is reading that through their eyes. So she's now perceiving information from the outside world and them all reading it like cold cold message to dr darcy lewis as regards maximoff anomaly and it's like that's her realizing okay this stuff is still happening outside and it's like and it is is it that yeah i think it is is that the episode when the drone comes in or is that yeah 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 so it's, so it's like this is when she so it's like she's now She's now really taking ownership of this world she's created at the same time that Vision is starting to become aware that he's sort of, that he is in a kind of fantasy space. Mm. And like, and especially so, and like when they get to the credits, uh, you know, like the, um, the sitcom credits, not like the ending of the episode. And, you know, when she's, when he's like, you know, you, you might be able to control everyone, but you can't control me. And she's like, oh, can't I? And like, oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah. Like, and then when they actually, the credits start rolling and then yeah. like, yeah, and he like, and then like, like how it kind of glitches out and the credits stop as their argument starts to happen. 
and that's when like it really get like for me that was when it kind of got into like you know fifth gear kind of shit it's because that when it was like vision was just like oh yeah no it's like the killer one because like one of the things i liked throughout the show is how they used unanswered questions because like he in like the big one in this one was you know what's outside of westview um oh yeah and then like yeah the why are there no children but from like one of my favorite ones from the third episode was about the helicopter and like you know and because you can really see how it's like out the outside world can influence this one because of how like all of the pictures start spinning and like the sound changes from wind to a helicopter and it's like it yeah it just gets all it gets all fucking crazy man yeah I think from this episode is a good one for me on a personal level, just because before the show and during the show, I'd been constantly badgering Solo with like a couple of theories. And one of them was that Agnes was definitely Agatha Harkness. And it, like this one sort of hinted at it more, but then it was also mainly that Evan Peters was, I was just convinced he was yeah. going to appear as Quicksilver <laughs> and Solo was like, I just don't know. And I guess he was right in the end, but I was also right. But when he showed up at the end, I was, because yeah. Solo was watching it a few hours after me, I, I, I it took such strength to not message him like, I <laughs> fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Sam, are you, um, are you into the comic books and everything like that as well? Are you... Um, so oh, a little bit, not not like Solo to any extent, but I, I just saw I'd known, I'd looked into it a bit before the show, so I think I've sort of retro retroactively got into it by like looking deep into the lore and stuff, as opposed to having grown up reading the comics. So I was just yeah. and the Evan Peters thing, I was just convinced for some reason he was appearing, and I just sort of lost my shit when he showed up. Yeah, no, I, I, I think like most people did. Yeah, because like, cause, yeah, like again, that was like another one of those like meta narrative points when you're like, like I mean, Darcy even says it. She's like, she recast Pietro. Yeah, <laughs> like because you as the audience, you're like, oh yeah, that's Evan Peters. You know, he played Quicksilver, but yeah. you're like, but he played he Quicksilver in all the yeah, in all the X Men yeah. films. Yeah. Like this isn't the Quicksilver of the MCU, and yeah. like. And, like yeah, like this is when you really get like all the kind of twists and turns of yeah. Wonder like more actively manipulating her world. And like the caveat is that Vision is starting to notice how like she's fucking with shit. Yeah, I don't know. This is it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of my favorites, obviously. <laughs> is it wait, did did Sparky die in the same episode he was made? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's in yeah. that yeah. is in this one. Yeah, cause yeah, cause uh, that's she even uh, yeah, cause when Sparky dies is when Wonder's talk. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Agnes yeah, finds Agnes him. Is, well, yeah, Agnes as kills him. As we find out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, like, uh, that, that, that's <laughs> just pure Sparky evilness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care about killing humans. Just hmm. kill an animal, and that's me. Like you're done yeah. with me. <laughs> Don't kill an animal, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, Sam. I think I think it's you uh, from mm. from that bombshell. Yeah, Quicksilver yeah. appears at the end, right? And then yeah, yeah, that's like the big and the credit bombshell. Yeah, and then is it? Yes, yeah, Funfair, right? Episode. Yeah. Is it? yeah. Yes. So it's yeah, I, it's the um, I think it's some called something like the all fun Halloween spooktacular or something, oh, and it's a yeah. 
it's uh, essentially I'll get out of the way what happens uh, a bit. So like it's based off mainly inspired by like Malcolm in the Middle sort of thing, which the the opening credits, which are my what some of our favourite opening credits of the series is when they're like going by and like catching wonder brushing her teeth and stuff and like it, it feels very organic that but so yeah the episode obviously had a lot of pressure on it almost after Evan Peters appeared in the last scene of the last episode everyone was mm. like right what's going on here and it sort of took quite a almost ballsy stance in that he didn't address it straight away it just sort of ran with it and it was just the norm that he was Uncle Pietro now and like he was just he was the brother and he was just the so, so like the there was a Halloween episode obviously and um yeah so visions I think the thing that I like about the episode more so than like what's happening in it almost is the 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 way it feels it, it has a almost it is funny at times, but it's like got a mystery to it. This is the most, for me, it's like the biggest mystery episode and almost one mm. of the biggest horror episodes because, and not from like yeah, scares, definitely. but like just like a sense of dread um, because especially, so there's almost two strands to that, I would say. The first one that I'll get out of the way quickly is like Vision's strand almost, where he goes off trying to work out what's happening. Um and he sort of he go in the end gets to the edge of the anomaly, and that's when there's that like pretty grueling scene when he forces his way through. Um, yeah. And that's I think that sums up why a lot of people have been drawn to Vision from this series is that when he's been literally ripped to shreds, is all he says is the people need help. So he's sort of. The almost you can see him as like the ultimate good guy and very much Hayward shows his colours there um, as the ultimate, not ultimate bad guy, but like shows that he's a real piece of shit that is not concerned by um, what's happening. Mm. Um, but the, the bit, the reason that's like, I don't know if it's my favourite episode, but it's definitely one of my favourite episodes because of... Um, the Wanda Pietro dynamic, um, which I think both Elizabeth Olsen and Evan Peters are very good actors outside of Marvel, um, but they both really shine in this episode and their interactions. That's where like the dread is because there's like there's some comedy in like some of the things he says because he's being like the wacky uncle character, mm. but then the scenes where he almost breaks her shell a bit and she. Like when he says stuff like she's she's trying to work him out and she's questioning him like where's your accent and he goes where's yours and she almost like freezes and and um, there's the scenes where he, he sort of turns to her and just goes so what did you do with the children and it's sort of like whoa mm. and 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 obviously there's the the shot where she looks at him and just sees him riddled with bullets as though he was the yeah. real Pietro. Um, and yeah, I think Elizabeth Olsen, particularly in the episode, her like fate, and it's a weird phrase, but like a face acting, like the small expression she gives off, it's sort of, you can see a break in a bit and it, that's why I really liked it. Mm. 
yeah, that's a that's a, a difficult thing for a lot of actors to do. You've got them actors that are like specialists at it, you know, like they don't even have to say a word. They could their body language and facial expression can set a whole mood and whatnot. And then you've got ones that are just brilliant at delivering dialogue. And, and I completely agree. Um, yeah. It's actually scared of herself in that episode. And yeah, yeah. One of the things I really like about um, like, but like in the kind of stuff that you were talking about, how like you know he's asking the question, like like again, like kind of use of questions. Like I was saying, yeah. it's like it's great how you. It's another one that it, it's improved by the hindsight of yeah. where it's revealed. Because if you look at it now, you're like Agatha was literally trying to figure out how this world works. And yeah. we now know that Quicksilver was her cat's paw. So it's like yeah. she was literally using him to kind of pro to try and probe wonderful like, oh, so, you know, like, cause he literally has that line. He was like, oh yeah, so just level with me, will you? Like, I'm your brother. Yeah. Like he might be yeah. your husband, but you can trust me. And it's like, yeah. he's really trying to draw the secrets out of her, which is actually Agatha trying to draw the secrets out of her. Yeah. yeah, I loved how direct he was in that as well, because he was literally, mm. he literally just asked her straight up. So like, yeah, word. What am I doing here? Like, you literally cast me to be this brother and to cause more grief. And I was just like, wait, what the? But like, when he said that, I was literally like, can he say that? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it it made me think like, oh, so she's controlling him. Yeah. And obviously he she wasn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. But at that po point, it was like, you're wanting me here to be this part in your life. And I was, yeah. less, I was shocked that he was so direct with that. But even though it wasn't actually her and he was just trying to make her think like, you, you brought me here. Like he was trying to convince her that it was her that actually did what uh, like brought him back. Yeah, I think another couple of just quick things I forgot to say then that I wanted to mention from this episode was that the whole episode had like, I can't remember which episode Vision says the line in, but he says a line where he sits down on the sofa with Wanda. It's in what, like the first or second. He just says, something's not, something's wrong here, Wanda. Um, and the whole epi this whole episode, I just that line kept playing in my head. And it was like, yeah. The whole thing just felt like something's not right here. Um, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that was number five because I think. Oh, was it? That's the bit where she cuts. She cuts like it's one of those edit things that she does. Right. Right. And he levels with her, and he's just like, "Yeah, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like, this is all pretty messed up." And then it snaps back, and it's like, "Oh yeah, so uh, what are we gonna do today?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the other couple of things were just little references that I really liked, which was obviously the the costumes that Wanda, Vision, and Quicksilver are wearing. They're like almost goofy classic costumes in a way. Yeah, I mean it was great to see. Hair. Yeah, exactly <laughs> to see Evan Peters in that full look, even though events later in the season sort of like dampen him a bit but like in this episode he gets to be Quicksilver in the MCU um, and the other and obviously Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany look great in their costumes as well but the like, best comedy beat and the most meta thing the whole show does was the line where um, she uh, Wanda says something to Pietro and he, he goes kick ass and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously it's the 
meta-ish thing you can get with both Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor-Johnson, who was the MCU Quicksilver, were both in Kick-Ass together. Um, yeah. And she takes it for a moment as like, Kick-Ass? And it's almost like, look, she almost winks at the camera <laughs> as though yeah. it's like, Kick-Ass? That was oh, an intentional, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's when... Um... Yeah, it wasn't uh, intended. That's cool. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, like um, if you watch, that's why I, I asked you before if you. It, so, uh, is it Matt Shankman who's like the yeah. showrunner? Yeah, he was on Fat Man Beyond, which is Kevin Smith's podcast, like maybe a week and a half ago now. And he says that on that, that like one of the things where the fans went ballistic over the Kick Ass reference, and it was just. Just wrote kick ass. There was no like that no is wild. That, that, that both Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, the two Quicksilvers, were mm. in that film together, and they, it was yeah. accidental. It's wild. Kick ass and the ass kicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to be fair, the thing as well, I think, like, I liked about I'm that. I'm just going to run to the loo quickly. Sorry. Um, going into the seventh one was that like. Well, even just a nod back to Infinity War, to be honest, because Vision for somebody that is mostly robot, you know, and that he seems to be the most heroic of all of them when it comes to yeah. stopping Thanos from getting Stone. He's like, if you've got to kill me, you know, you you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's willing to, he's literally tearing his body apart, trying to get out and warn the people on the outside to save the people on the inside. So like in a way, he's, you know, he's, he's like one of the most heroic of them all. Yeah. That's him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure so won't mind me jumping into into the next bit, really. Uh, well, that's if you're finished, Sam. Anyway. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's everything, too. But yeah, yeah, like to the, in fairness, uh, with the ending of that episode with when Wanda realises and she like casts the, I don't know what you'd say, the, the radius of the world further yeah. than she, and you know, you end up getting Darcy sucked into the world and that, that's kind of what I enjoyed about the episode I'm about to talk about. I really liked Vision and Darcy's like relationship on yeah. screen. I just feel like they just hit off from the get-go. Um and as a Paul Bettany fan, um, and like, I mean, my favorite Paul Bettany's role is uh, his role in Knight's Tale and stuff. So I really like yeah. when he's being, you know, a comedian and like when he's just, just, yeah, just, just being himself, really. Um, so I really enjoyed that, let alone the, the, my episode was called Breaking the Fourth Wall. And I love this kind of, tv filmmaking when they do it like a documentary you know when they've got like little interviews with the with the oh, cast and whatnot yeah. and like i really enjoyed yeah just i love it when you know like something's happening and then bam you've just got them sat on the sofa and they're just like oh and then this is what like, this happens and whatnot um yeah i mean you've got this is this was great. The vision knows something's up now you know he's he's met mm. darcy he's managed to get out of darcy what what the hell's going on? I'm also loving as the world's like expanding, everything's getting changed, you know? Like, yeah, all that is cool. Ice cream vans and stuff. And um, what thing I didn't get though, I think me and you were talking about this solo with this episode was when, you know, when they just pull up and they're just installing a traffic light. Yeah. That. Like, I just really, really didn't. Like, I was yeah. like, this is funny, but like, come on. 
just the one bit of the like, show I don't like because like, see, I don't buy that vision doesn't like I don't buy that vision hasn't processed the data he needs to process to realize that he shouldn't be where he is he should be there it's just weird you're, you're super intelligent here See, I don't. I gone. I still don't get your beef with that, because like, because for me, like the traffic light thing and the fact that he stays in the car essentially the whole episode. For me, I think like I think those make like perfect sense in the context, because it's like, because you have to think like that. He's been living in a sitcom, essentially his whole life. Like this version of Vision has only known the sitcom world. And as well, it's like it's a world that Wanda is now actively manipulating. Like that's why the, they they do the they do the traffic light, and then the school comes by. It's all to keep Vision and Darcy away. But then the other way to look at well, it's like and then so that's why Vision is kind of he's he's trapped in the sitcom tropes because he's been living that, and that's why it's literally like when he's having his little interview thing. And is sitting there outside the van. There's a bit where all of a sudden, like he literally has that moment where he's just like, "Wait, what? What the fuck am I doing?" Because like, because okay. it, it, it like he has to like, he has to almost remove himself from like it, he essentially has to remove himself from the circumstances of his entire existence thus far, in yeah. order to have that thought process. And it's only really by having the conversations with Darcy in the car that he is he is even able to come to that. Like she's the one that tells him all of his actual history. So he doesn't know that the world is actually like this. Like he only knows that the world is a sitcom. And so it's like he has to kind of learn that in order to be like, oh wait, I, I can just fly the fuck out of here. Like I don't have to wait at this traffic light. I don't have to do this interview. Like I can just fly over there because I'm I'm actually the vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like I feel like he like he already knew that by the point of the traffic light coming in. Like he'd been given the context, and it's not like he has to think it over because he's quite literally a super robot. Like so, like I just. I don't understand why there was like a bridge to get us there. He, to me, logically, he'd have crunched the numbers and gone. He wouldn't be sat there waiting. It's a very good point that I hadn't thought of that his entire existence is within the hex. But yeah, yeah I don't think he would, he needs, he necessarily needs processing time. Definitely. Well, that's fair enough. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, it's just. Yeah, I guess to, it's a different perspective, isn't it? But mm. well, I guess yeah. And then to be fair, like with that's all going on for Vision, really. But like, what's most interesting with this is we finally get our big reveal of Agatha. I mean, we get the best, mm. well, the most catchy song. This song's been in my head since. Yeah. I, mean, I even sang it on another podcast last week or the week before <laughs> or whatever. Like Agatha yeah. all along is one of the best musical pieces i've heard in a long time yeah. uh, it really annoys me that the spotify version has a different laugh like yeah it does yeah yeah just like even just the basis of that because i love it and just the savage sparky comment like i was <laughs> like nah you know yeah. you're not fucking with agatha like she'll kill a dog you know mm. i mean she'll 
you know, she'll she'll help, you know what I mean, nurture the dog just to kill it later on, you yeah. know, like she's this is a bad, bad bitch. Like, and you know what I really rated with it as well was that um well, I was watching fan theory videos on it, like between the episodes of six and seven, and people were saying, like, you need to be wary of this, of Agnes, whatever. And then do you know when she starts being all spooky, like, oh, the, the kids are playing in the basement and whatnot. Mm. And it's like, mm. wait, what what base what basement? Mm. And then like there's suddenly this I mean, the biggest basement ever. <laughs> And whatnot, and just into that musical score, I just it took me back to the 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 comedy of the first couple of episodes, I guess, because a lot it got real serious, I guess, and like a lot of things had been thrown at you, and it wasn't like the it went back to black and white, didn't it? And then, well, the start of the Agatha all along songs black and white, and right. like with with the series throughout the song, it, it transitions with the decades as well, um, and I I just thought it was incredible. Um, and it made you know what it was like right I, I don't know who like who the villain is now and i feel like to reveal such a big character with only two episodes to spare i was like oh my god like they are not wrapping this quick enough you know like they've still got they've got so much to explain in two mm. episodes like I, it was just crazy um yeah. going on from that as well it was the first post credit scene which you yeah. just expect yes. with every marvel thing you know like you always expect a, a credit scene and no, no, you did like you got it, didn't you? You got um Monica discovering the uh the basement as well. Yeah, and oh. Snoop Snoop is gonna snoop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which upset me because I was like, I I was so hyped to see Evan Peters, and I was like, nah, he can't be a bad guy, man. Like, yeah. I, had, I, I was like, I wonder's coming out of this on top. I don't want him to be a casualty mm. in the in the process and. Yeah. Well, as, as you, as you no, find out, kind of funnily is. enough, like I heard, uh, I can't remember where it was, but apparently there was, um, they originally had to cut things, but I say originally, but they had to cut things from what the finale was going to be with COVID shit. Because apparently, um, like I actually, I nearly mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the stork. But the stork is actually Agatha's familiar, you, you know, the rabbit, like, because that's actually like a shape changing, like, demon thing. And they were setting that up with the episodes, but because of like COVID restrictions and shit, uh, like, I can't remember how verified this was because I just, I can't remember where I read it. But basically, it's like they had to then alter the finale because apparently there was going to be a whole thing with. Monica, um, like Ralph Boner, as we now are going to figure out. <laughs> oh, don't. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. The, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was apparently there was going to be a bit of like a redemption for that with him, Monica, and I want to say, I, I think it was actually the kids were going to get involved. And it was like how they got out of the basement kind of thing. And they were going to go down into the basement and take the, the magic book and they were going to have to fight the familiar. But apparently uh-huh. they had to cut all of that because of how things worked out. But, that would have been cool. Mm. That would have been. That would have been a much different ending. It, yeah, the whole last right. episode would have changed quite significantly, I think, in, in, at least in tone. Mm. That's well. To be honest, like as I like with my point of like 
how the seventh episode ended and me being like, right, how are they going to do all this? The eighth episode threw more of a curveball at me because I, I just don't really, well, I mean, Sam, you're going to talk about this. Um, are you like, I don't get what, that wasn't an episode I expected to follow yeah. such yeah. a big reveal of a, of that character. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. Cause yeah. yeah, I was, I don't know if I was disappointed or I don't know. I don't know how I felt. I remember after the episode just being like, wow, like what was that kind of thing? I'll, I'll let you take it. Yeah. So yeah. Cheers. So yeah, it, I know what you mean. It was, it was a weird, it was a, it was a weird episode, like, to do following a cliffhanger. Uh, but, like, I think a lot of the best shows do that. Like, I think some of my favourite shows over the years, like something like The Leftovers, would do, like, the biggest cliffhanger you could imagine and then just do an episode not related to it. And, like, mm. where this, it was almost... I guess the episode itself is almost too much to talk about if I go step by step, but, like essentially it was it started off with a little look at Agatha in in Salem back in the 1600s um and like a really cool sort of coven scene which like set the tone for who she was sort of thing which I liked but the episode itself was a bit of a I think it's called previously on and um it's almost like a this is your life with Wanda Maximoff sort of thing, <laughs> where she's just being taken on a trip down memory lane sort of thing. Um, and it, she's almost being walked through her life to walk the audience through. It's quite, a, it's almost Marvel kind of falling back into formula in a way that they sort of explained a lot of things to the audience. But it was still, I liked the episode in the end because of the emotion in it. It was, as the content, mm. some of it was a bit like, yeah, we. I, I sort of guessed that. I don't know if you needed to over-explain it as much, but the emotion of seeing why Wanda did it as a sort of created a sitcom world in the first place, because that was the only place she felt safe as a child, was watching these sitcoms with her parents before stark ruined it all for her um and so that obviously that sequence in um like the that first flashback is quite horrifying when the bomb goes off and everyone just like i almost leapt off my seat but um uh and then yeah so then they carry on on the trip down memory lane where agatha takes wanda to almost the heart of all her traumas so her experimentation where we see that she's merged with the mind stone in some way um the the scene that i thought was most interesting that went a bit against what i'd been expecting was when she goes to find vision and she when she just she ends up obviously it's quite a sad scene where she says I, I can't feel you anymore when she's over vision which calls back to the Infinity War scene where the, yeah. he's just like, I only feel you sort of thing. Um, so that was quite sad. But when Wanda turns and walks away and gets in the car, I was like, wait, this is not this is not what's meant to happen. She's meant to take the body. This She brought him back, didn't she? And like, I was like, oh. And that's when I sort of clicked that that must be what Hayward was 
his secret was that he was going to rebuild the vision. And obviously the end credit scene shows that that was the case, but that was a nice twist, I thought. Um, and the sort of... When she goes to Westview, it like, it's quite weird. I don't know why it was weird seeing Wanda driving a modern day car after all, see after the like years we've seen her in the 60s and 70s. But, um, I just thought it, it was just weird for me just seeing her driving, yeah. It was, wasn't it? Like, then, why didn't she fly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just a weird, uh, but then when she drives in, it's quite like ha almost haunting seeing the like the people that you've come to know in the in the hex that in their own lives um before mm. um and there's a, i guess there's a there's a lot to dive into there which uh you can go off on a tangent so i'm not going to go into it but like all the characters doing the individual they all looked quite sad post blip and stuff i guess yeah um and like Wanda saw the 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 guy who looked like David Schwimmer with the big mustache. He was doing putting something on for guitar um, for piano lessons um, on the board, and she gave him like the piano at some point. And the um, what, I can't remember what the characters. Oh yeah, in episode two. Yeah, and then um, the Mrs. Hart, I think, is it? She sat by herself alone drinking, and then Wanda gives her a husband in the hex. So it's like, I don't know if Wanda in her grief was trying to set, help these other people as well. Um, obviously, that's not what she does, but it's pretty haunting. And like Elizabeth Olsen is very good in that scene. And it doesn't, just doesn't play out expected to. Um, but yeah, it was really, I really enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, just backtracking a second uh, in regards to the sort of flashback scenes, I guess. Um, when you saw her dad, any Magneto thoughts pop into your head? Because that kept coming in and out of mind for the rest of the episode. I, you know, like, it almost feels like a, a fairly decent origin story for a Magneto. That he, the place is blown up and he's lost his children, or at least he perceives to have lost his children. Do you think that will play out at all? I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think all those things are there. They're like you can see yeah. them there, but like they all—it's like Quicksilver. When I realized, I guess that episode she calls him Fake Pietro or something. So mm. I thought I sort of lost. I thought I was putting everything to the back of my mind of all my X Men theories that were going to come in and stuff. I, yeah. I sort of—I think I didn't look at stuff like that as much in this episode because I thought, oh, that's not where they're going anymore. Yeah. Um, so, but it is a good point. There's there is so many stuff that they must have purposely put in. Mm. I, uh, I think there were teasers. I know there was a theory about uh, Emma Frost, wasn't there? Um, yeah, I, I actually heard being um, it was you. Yeah, it was you that told me. <laughs> I think. Yeah, um, it's yeah because there's a few comments in the second episode of like that she essentially runs the town. So, yeah. and it was Agnes that makes them comment. So when you got the Agnes all along reveal, but before the final episode, I was kind of like, wait a minute, are there more than just like Agnes and Wanda who mm. are like powered beings within this hex? But that didn't play out in the end. So, yeah. I mean, this was made 
I feel like it was made to let the fandoms like go crazy with theories, but like ultimately, it wasn't a show about serving fandom. It was a show about grief. Yeah, we'll get to that with the final episode. But yeah. I, I feel like we got trolled a lot. At least the oh the, yeah, the Marvel Pietro was the biggest troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Mm. I think one of the toughest things is like we did get trolled a lot in a way, but I think a lot of fans and me, myself included, as solo knows, because I was at him every episode with the theories, but like. A, a lot of fans created their own theories from just little Easter eggs, mm. and I don't think that's the show's fault for not following through on them. But the the Quicksilver one, they had, um, they chose that. There was no other. They put Evan Peters in as Quicksilver, like they knew what yes. they were doing, and they they have to deal with the consequences of fans being annoyed. It was just for a boner joke, but like other than that, I think like the. I was I was convinced Doctor Strange was showing up or Mephisto, which I guess we'll get into in the finale. But like, yeah, that, I don't think that's their fault that they didn't show up because that's not the show they were making, sort of thing. Yeah, it was yeah, logistically trust. like they tried to get Doctor Strange on, but like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is being shot. Yeah. So like, when it came round to Wonder Vision needing to be finished off later on because of pandemic. <laughs> schedules collided and they couldn't physically get Benedict Cumberbatch to the WandaVision yeah. set. Right. Interesting. But that's the thing as well. I think I feel like this this unfortunately has still been made during COVID times. You know, yeah. it's how they managed to put out a series as good as they have during this time. I've, I had to take my hat off to them. But I mean, do, we, do any of you know when they actually started filming? Um, they they shot about half of it pre-COVID, um, okay. and then they had to shut down. Um, I think luckily they'd shot the studio audience stuff. Mm. Well, they must have because that they they had a full studio audience in, and like I think they shot that pre-COVID, then shut down for a while, and then had to go back in the summer to reshoot. I think they shut down in March and had to go back in the summer to reshoot the rest of not reshoot just to finish shooting the rest. Of yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think actually, like the actual first thing they shot was the first like was the com- complete duration of the first episode. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess that takes no. us on to yeah. finale, doesn't it? Um I think me and you are me and you are breaking down Rogan. Um yeah. Well, uh, I mean, because I feel like the finale should have been an hour and a half. Um, being real, um, I feel like we didn't. When I saw the, obviously, whenever you go on to Disney Plus, you see the runtime, don't you, before you've even selected the episode. And I was like, right, this has got to be longer. But when I saw it was pretty much the same length, I think it may have had an extra couple of minutes than the previous one. And you, you know, you're always losing seven minutes to credits. I was like, hmm. And to be fair, didn't the eighth one end with white vision? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, it was just when it started, I was just like, there's, there's too much. You know, you've got vision versus vision, Agatha versus Wanda, whatever the kids are going to do, whatever I want to And then you've got Monica as well. Like, cause oh. that was the thing with the eighth episode. You had the post credit scene in the seventh of Monica being caught by Quicksilver. Mm. 
and then no yeah. reference to either of them throughout the whole of the eighth episode. So it was like, yeah. whoa, like, what, what about this dude? But, and then, as, as mentioned earlier, it was all all a boner joke. Like, it was the biggest letdown for me, I think, was the fact that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be him. Because, yeah. I mean, Evan Peters and Dave's future past and whatever is, is incredible. The Quicksilver scene in the Pentagon is my favourite scene in probably, arguably one of my favourite scenes in any X-Men film. And I was like, I need more of this guy. I want this guy. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I, down, was, I was really thinking, like, I, I like, of hoping, rather. I was, like, I was really hoping we were going to get a slow motion scene, like, Same. as a fight between because yeah. monica's character uh in the comics one of her superpowers is like she has she can move at like light speed essentially so i was hoping that we were going to get like oh if we can do a fight scene in that slow motion shit because it's you know because we knew we had vision versus vision agatha versus wonder and i was hoping we were going to get monica versus quicksilver as like a super slow-mo battle but yeah Unfortunately, Monica. Was I just one of the feel like there was shafted. so much potential. There's so much potential that just didn't get like enough time to be shown throughout. Like I just felt like both of the fights that were there, they felt too short. I was wanting them to have more. Like even though there were good fights, and you have the uh, philosophy thing with the um, vision and vision, but. I just wanted more. I was just like, it can't just disappear. Like, you know, I was just gutted. I was like, well, I, I, I felt like I was. it was just missing something. But I enjoyed it. I was just missing something, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I, I know I, it was a very packed episode, um, but I don't necessarily feel like it need, like more time would have made the episode necessarily better. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that what we what what we were presented to as physical fights with the way that White Vision introduces himself and the way that Agnes introduces herself with like the kids um, on leashes, like you you're presented with what you think is going to be a physical battle, but is resolved through um, sort of mind games, uh, at least from the vision versus the vision that that was um, yeah. you know philosophy and what what is a vision <laughs> um, mm. which 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 I thought that was the only way you 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 can do that because they're just carbon copies of each other um, yeah that was one of the is, best parts is, in the episode I think yeah where they come to the realization of it's like where vision but neither of us individually uh, represent vision. And it's mm. like, is is the, the the true nature of something is in the rock, which which I found fascinating. And then again, um, it wasn't necessarily that um, Wonder is stronger than Agnes. That how she won. It was you know because she's learning quick, and then that pays off a little bit later in the end credit scene where we can see that oh shit yeah she learns quick. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do agree with you that like there was there was a lot going on in this episode, but I yeah. I don't think they necessarily missed the mark in achieving what they set out to achieve in the episode. 
I get you. I think it was just I, I was just overloaded by everything that I just didn't have enough time to take it in, if that makes sense, because everything was like so like in compact within itself. I was like, what's just happened? And then next thing they're on to something else. So I think that was just my take on it because everyone's different. So I'm sure Sam and Sam have different things to what Sailor has to say. So I feel like at the end when the lights are being turned off and that's the, for me, that was the confirmation that this was a show about dealing with grief. Um, Yeah, that's where I, I was just like, yeah, this show's absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, they they could have paid all the fan service off. They could have they yeah. could have very well done that, but they didn't. They they were given just a story about dealing with grief, man. And um, I don't know if I've ever seen something that did it so well as you know mm. a, a comic book show dealing with a proper serious topic of you know a real human topic. Yeah, I, I would just well, I left the show anyway thinking that this this was a stroke of genius. Yeah, I, I think I definitely agree with what Rogan was saying then that like in a lot of ways it was all that was always the show they wanted to make was a show about a woman dealing with grief. Um and they made it well. And there was I thought it was overall it was a great show. And I did have my reservations with the finale itself. I thought some of it strayed a bit generic into like early 2010s Marvel of like just a, the fight scenes didn't work for me really it just it didn't quite hit but then it sort of went back to what the show has done well all the way through which was Wanda and mm. that was her, her grief and the I know the I think it was in the episode before was the line that everyone was sort of mocking or loving on Twitter was the what is grief if not love perseverance line but in this episode there was the I know Wanda said some stuff to Vision at the end, but the, the scene that really hit me was the when she was turning out the lights for the kids and she just said, thank you for choosing me to be your mum. Yeah. And I was just like... Oh, that, yeah, man. That, that was scene just proper hit me. And, like, I was like, this is... This show, they, they've done... Even though they, they... I think they bundled the Quicksilver thing. I, I do think that was a mistake, what they did there. But the rest, the fan theories, at the end of the day... That's not the show, and so I don't think they should be criticised for that, but they really nailed a story about a woman dealing with grief and trying to come to terms with things um, and, I guess, becoming the Scarlet Witch and moving on. Mm. Do you think we're going to get a payoff for Quicksilver in a a Spider-Man or a Doctor Who? I I think it's done. Sorry, Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> that would that be good. For a second. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be incredible. Yeah, I I feel like Marvel sometimes plants seeds like films and films ahead of each other. You know mm. where you you do get your payoff. And yeah, there's something that tells me I think we're going to see Evan Peters play Quicksilver in the MCU at some point. I hope so. Potentially, they cast everyone for a reason like even though there might be only one episode they know that they have to think about well we've got to make sure that this person's right for the future to me I always think about how like in Iron 3 you've got the little kid um and then towards uh, Avengers uh, Endgame is is back there and it's the exact same actor just growing up and I think for me like that 
continuation is just like something that Marvel do really well. They always manage that, even though they've got someone like 10 years ago, they'll always bring that same person back if they're meant to be in that world yeah. as that person. They have a I clear like... vision, Kathleen Kennedy, a clear vision. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like how this because I mean speaking of things like you know the seeds that they plant and shit like that I like how there's, there's still ones ongoing from like way at the start of the I mean for example like mandarins only coming into fruition with Shang-Chi and that yeah, was yeah. that was Iron Man 1 like yeah and that's only happening like in a couple years now. you don't even have Iron Man anymore <laughs> Yeah, guy died. <laughs> this the thing as well with um with the vision showdown. You never saw where the other vision went, did you? No, no. just no. That's like, what I mean. I, I was just yeah. like, oh. it opens it up. I can't. I can't remember who said it. So I, I don't want to go fully on the record, but either the writer or director said something about how they don't think Wanda is bothered about the new vision. You know, that's like. Oh. There's a new because something about he's only got his memories or something. It's not him. I, I don't know how they worded it, yeah. but it was interesting. So I was thinking, well, can't they just be together again now? He's got Vision's memories, but well, did, yeah, yeah, no, because they do that in the because uh, it's just, it's that's just, it's a similar kind of setup to how they do White Vision in the comics because like when he comes back, uh. But I mean, like when Vision is reborn as the White Vision, he doesn't he doesn't see himself as the Vision that was. Like he, although he he's like, yeah, I'm Vision, but I'm not the person you knew, kind of thing. And it's like it's it's something that they kind of. I'm glad they brought it with this show because they did because they kind of set it up in Infinity War when they were talking about like, oh, how can we remove the Mind Stone yeah. from Vision safely, and they were like. Oh well, you know he's kind of a mess of Jarvis, Ultron, the Stone, and so it's like once this is removed, there'll be something there, but it won't be like even in that film they were like it won't. We don't know if this will be the Vision we know, or will it be something else entirely? And it's like that that question is yet to be answered with whatever the White Vision will go on to do. Fascinating. It'd be interesting to see. He's definitely one thing we know, he will show up. Yeah. But whether it's in the next year, two years. because um, I mean Spider Man isn't out till next year, is it? What, uh, December, it's this, December year. this year. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and then Doctor Strange is March twenty twenty two currently. Right. We have Black Widow this year, right? And yeah, yeah. Oh, May. Yeah. Shang-Chi Fingers crossed so I can go back to work. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. see it like for free. I don't know how many times. You're all free to come. <laughs> I work at a cinema, by the way. What's, uh, <laughs> what's the uh, go-ahead date for you, Leo? I know the announcement. We haven't been I'm, told I'm... anything official, so I know June. nothing. But oh, I just thought they gyms. said March 17th on the, like, Boris Johnson, but obviously, yeah. um, we don't know financially like where we stand with everything. Uh, so. 
I imagine Sheffield will be one of the first to open, right? Because that's oh, okay. a yeah, key, yeah. key We're like, it's the biggest one and we make the most money. So it's like, well, apart from London and things, we're like one of the busiest cinemas going. I feel like so. even with the London one, because the rent of the London ones is so True. much, I feel like Cineworld still mm. like is like... It's a much bigger risk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like uh, on our busiest days last year, we made probably had maybe 200 people, whereas other cinemas had like 500 people. It, not 550. Yeah, so like oh. we had 200 compared to other 150 during COVID lockdown. Well, not lockdown, but you know what I mean. The um, hazy period between the second and third or the first and second yeah. or whatever yeah. the hell it was. The you know, to help that that August to October <laughs> yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. The 2020 blip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much but yeah i mean that's 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 wrapped us nicely i guess um we i mean we were discussing i mean next week starts well this week actually starts falcon and the winter soldier doesn't it um yeah, yeah. the next thing and you know like, i guess i guess we'll be talking about that as well and whatnot but from me it's been a pleasure having you on for the first time sam it's been um yeah. lovely having you back as well leo hopefully you both make plenty more appearances in the future yeah thank uh, you for having um, me it's been been great and i'll be here until uh, my work opens so i'll be ready <laughs> for another one yes yeah, <laughs> i'm here and once your work does reopen you can see a lot more films and you can we can talk about a lot of other stuff as well so hopefully you know I'd be definitely wanting to review Black Widow, that's for sure. The hype of it, I just hope it lives up to it. <laughs> what about um, Justice League? Oh, yeah, oh, that comes out that's soon, doesn't it? Thursday, isn't it? The, yeah, yeah, I've heard some things about Justice League that's made me go, oh, actually, I want to watch this now. I wasn't, like, 100% sold on the idea. Just well, I, I didn't the, enjoy the first one. The frame, right? I, the, well, the... Uh, not the the weed and yeah. one weed and I, <laughs> I just didn't really pay attention. I just switched off like really quickly, and I I hope that it has something to hold me onto it a bit more because I really wanted to enjoy it, and I was just like, yeah. I, I mean, I think I was in the wrong mood for it as well because I need to be in a certain mood to watch a film that's like very like you, um, what's the word like context-based like you if you if you look away you'll probably miss something because it's all talk and vision yeah so you've got to pay attention to both of them whereas sometimes i'm not always fully there <laughs> yeah i'm gonna end my recording now i think yeah yeah I guess we can thank you for listening mm-hmm.